Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're gonna deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I'm really excited to have Devin Miller with me on the line. He is the CEO of Miller IP Law. The company is a law firm where they help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. So, Devin, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So, Devin, I'd like to learn a little bit more about some of the things that you do. So you're not just an IP lawyer. You're a serial entrepreneur. You've you've had several great companies that you've had some exits on. And you have this patent and trademark firm, which basically gets your hands into, into a lot of great startups. It gives you a lot of visibility into the newest businesses that are coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be where you are today? Sure. And I'll try and keep it as short, even though that's always a hard thing to do. So very quick educational background. I ended up getting four degrees. So I have an electrical engineering degree, Mandarin Chinese degree, a law degree and an MBA degree or master's of business administration. And then almost to your point, maybe the main focus or the thing I do or quite a bit of is with Miller IP law, which is, as you mentioned, kind of in the intro, we work with companies of all sizes, but we really set, I set up the firm when I founded it to focus on helping startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. But I always have kind of competing interests. I love doing it law and I've loved doing patents and trademarks, but I also like doing kind of startups and small business and that. So as you mentioned, I've founded and co-founded several startups, some of which are still pretty just kind of side hustles, small kind of hobby businesses and other ones, some of which I started as early as an MBA school, have grown to seven and eight figure companies. I haven't actually exited. So those ones I'm still actively involved with. I'm still helping to manage and run and otherwise develop things for them. But yeah, so I, I, I maybe I, I suffer a bit from attention deficit disorder, whatever I call, but I like to have my hands in a lot of things and like to be able to be involved with a lot of different interests. You know, that's amazing because, you know, once that ADD kicks in and you can't control it and you get, and you have all this nervous energy, you need a way to, you do need a way to actually focus down and actually get some work done, right? Because, you know, that's a big thing. Let's talk about your one big tip. Your one big tip is all about automating, is about automating the task where you have the ability to do so. And what's interesting here is that we're not just talking about the mechanicals of, uh, you know, of using something like Zapier or that if one thing happens in one app, you know, something else should happen in another. A lot of the formidable, you know, CRMs, for example, you know, they have a lot of functionality in terms of triggers where if this happens, then do that. How does that work in your business? Because, you know, you must have a lot of detail that needs to be captured in terms of follow-ups, in terms of next actions things like that. How does automating tasks look like in your organization? Yeah, well, I'm probably, maybe I, I don't think take it over, but we're certainly taking the extreme of, I, we do a lot of automation, but the, really the genesis of when it started was 
So if you were to work with biggest gripe that most people have with any attorneys, whether it's patent and trademarks or just attorneys in general, is that they are horrible about their customer service, about communicating, about reaching out. And, you know, give you just an industry example is, you know, most attorneys across the board take three to four days to respond to any communication. That means if you try and call them, if you email them, any anything, it takes three to four days to hear back anything from them. And so customer service, I'd say, I'd say that's a horrible customer service. Nobody wants to wait that long. But where it really started for us is okay. You know, we want to have that. It's kind of the competing interest. We want to have that personal touch. We want to make sure that they know that we're there for them. We're not just trying to automate everything. And yet also try and make sure that we walk them through the process of, you know, what they need to do, where things are at, give them status updates and everything else, which can also be time intensive. So really took the automation of, when they start going with us, where are the points that they can automate it so that we can continue to be in communications? And that's everything from, you know, here's the next steps that you need to do to we get internal reminders. Hey, you know, this person, we haven't talked with them or been in touch with them for seven days. Please reach out to them, give them a call, see if they have any issues. And really, we took kind of that automation not to dehumanize it, but rather to make sure we keep our touch points and help them to focus along the way. I don't know if that answers the question. So it does. So we're not only talking about sending out automated emails here, right? Like this is a trigger for someone on your team to reach out and, you know, basically say, yeah, there's a human being on the other side of this line. How does that, uh, how does that translate though into, into a more well-run law firm, right? So when you're putting all that information in, I would still imagine that the amount of information that you're collecting and putting into the CRM sometimes can get a little bit out of control. I mean, there's got to be hundreds, if not thousands of notes that get associated with the contact. You also have to make sure that your billing is, you know, your billing is intact. You want to make sure that you get paid for the services that you're rendering for them. How is that measured in your organization then? So I'll start to answer the question. We'll see if I get to the measured. So it's always easiest for me to give an example of what we do because you kind of got into that. So let's say I have a client that walks in the door. So we have what I have is a form that we can go in, we can fill out for each step along the way. And then as it does that, it, it gives the CRM the ability to know where the client is. So somebody walks in along the door, we do a free strategy or session, talk about whether they, if they're interested, We I know that as, hey, this person's interested. The next step for an attorney is to do a conflicts check. So it automatically sends out a conflicts check to them saying, hey, it was great to talk with you. The next step is a conflicts check. And oh, by the way, here are the next few steps that we'll be walking you through. And then once they do the conflicts check, we automatically get notified of that. And it automatically generates the invoice to them, sends out the invoice, has a couple follow-ups. If they don't pay the invoice, then we have an internal reminder, hey, we need to reach out to them, give them a call, shoot them a text, see what's going on and if there's any issues. If they pay the invoice, then it sets up, okay, now you need to set up a meeting to talk with us to go over what we're going to be working on you for a patent or for a trademark. And then after that, we do that, we send it, you know, so we almost walk through and say, you know, at each of these steps, we have a form that we say, okay, they've either they've automatic trigger that's done that, or they've, um, you know, they've already triggered it and it goes automatically the next step. But really it was, you know, we're able to provide that level of customer service as a small firm that even most big firms don't offer or most firms in general don't offer because we're saying, okay, let's take what we can automate, what we don't need to have the touch points on and do that such that they get, they know where they're at in the process. They get shepherded along. And at the same point, 
where we can't have that automated, we get notifications. Hey, you need to reach out to this person, you need to talk with them, see what's going on, see if you can help them. And so it kind of gives us the best balance of both worlds. And then we measure that a lot by what the customer experience is. If they're actually enjoying, if they're actually understanding the process, they're not frustrated with it's taking so long, they're getting that communication. That's how we measure kind of the success of the automation. I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, it does actually, but I guess what I'm curious about then is when you do put something like that in together, have you ever, like, do you get like information overload then? Have you ever encountered a situation where, where the CRM through the automation has set up too many tasks for you to follow up on? And then, it, and then it creates an added burden to the team. Like, how does that work? How do you manage something like that? Yeah, I, I would say initially, yes. Yeah. So we've done it a few times. We set up a few automations when we first got this going. Yeah, there was times that I would get too many reminders in my inbox and vice versa. There are times where we didn't do it. We didn't give the customer enough time to follow up, right? So we set it as a two weeks or three weeks. Really, they needed four or five weeks. And so we were cutting it off too short. So we, it took us a bit of adjusting it back and forth of, okay, I'm getting too many notifications. I'm getting my inbox too much. I don't need to know all this. Let's cut these notifications back. And then we also go and look and say, okay, so here's where I'm getting too many notifications, too much, too many reminders. And here's where the customer is really falling off when they're still interested. They still want to go. So let's adjust that process. So it's a bit of an iterative process as we try and automate things to make it so we don't have too much work, too many notifications on some points, and also not too shy on the other points. That's really interesting. What kind of advice would you give to a company who's just starting out with something like this? You mentioned before that you're using HubSpot. That's the engine that creates those triggers and reminders and notifications. What would be your advice for companies and freelancers that are putting together this type of automation in order to keep the touch points that you're doing with your customers human? Let's map the, or the customers or the client's journey first, see what, what, their, what their journey should be, and then what are the points that you can actually automate? What are the points that you don't need those touch points? And where do you want to have those touch points? And I think, let's say, so that, I think that was our biggest initial place and, and the biggest helpful place is let's map our journey of their, the customer client journey of each point along the way. What should they be doing? What do they want to know? What do they don't need to know? What do we need to know? What do they not? And let's map that. And then once you map it out, then it becomes just a matter of execution to make that. And then you can iterate through and you're not going to get it perfect. We didn't get it perfect on the first try and we're still always iterating. You know, we add something new every week and we fix something different every week and we're always iterating on that to make it better. But I think mapping that journey is probably the biggest thing to say, okay. And then, because the reason I'd like to map it is, you know, especially if you're small in any size, but especially start for small business, you only have so many hours in the day. You only have so much that you can do. You only have so many hats you can wear. I used to always be that let's do the the personal touch on everything. And then you never and then you get to the point where you're not gonna be able to reach out to everybody and give everybody a personal touch. And so it's kind of where can I where where can I have the best impact along that journey and where does it not matter as much? And that's where we then start to might or start to work from there. So I would map out the journey, see what the where you want to have those touch points, where it doesn't matter, and how you can provide that service and then go from there. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Devin, can you please let people know how they can learn more about Miller IP Law and how they can reach you directly if they'd like to learn more? Yeah, so a few ways. Certainly, they can always go to the website, which is uh, milleripl.com. So I is in intellectual, P is in property, L is in law.com. 
Um, another easy way is so we do free strategy sessions. So people can sit down with an attorney, talk through any questions they have without having to worry about a billable hour. And they can just go to freestrategymeeting.com, grab some of my time, and we can certainly sit down and have a strategy meeting, talks, uh, patents or trademarks or anything else they have. If they just want to generally talk with me about anything on their mind, they can just go to meetdevin.com. So those are kind of the three different URLs. And you can grab time on my calendar. I'm always available to talk and to help. So Amazing. Thank you for being so available for that. Devin, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been really great advice, and and I appreciate you mapping this out for us on how automation works within your organization. My pleasure. Always happy to, to share the information and the lessons learned from our experiences.